Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today to talk about uh, Minnesota Vikings, a game that this town was basically writing off as a win. You know, a lot of people here were doing it. I wasn't doing that. So for those of you that might think I was doing that, no, I wasn't. I actually did predict a Vikings win by a touchdown on the show, but then the whole week, KFAN, 1500, whatever station it was, sports, 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 oh, yes, all we love is sports. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay, sure. I like the stock market and I like uh, astronomy, stuff like that too, and, and uh, meteorology. Okay, so I branch out a little bit, but... Yes, generally speaking, we love sports, we love our sports stations, and we love our local, well, okay, some of us do, I don't all the time, but everybody cocky as hell about, oh, we're, oh yeah, we're going to run all over these guys, we always kick the crap out of Cam Newton, we're just going to beat him up, he's a pansy, he's overrated, yeah, he is overrated, yes, he is a pansy, but hey, you know what, the <laughs> Carolina Panthers came into the game 8-4, and four. and well, now they're 9-4 and four and the Vikings are 10-3, and three. do the math as to what took place. If you're thinking Vikings lost, well, you're absolutely right, because the Vikings did lose 31-24 in a game that, well, started yucky, and it got a little better, and then it got yucky again, and then it got real lucky, and then it got way better, and it looked like we had it, and then we just didn't have it. We didn't get in the end zone, and Cam Newton did what he did after that, and it was just like, it just left you with your jaw dropping, hitting the floor, you know, like Roger Rabbit style, you know, you need somebody to pull it down so it tries to wrap back up like the old roll-up curtains or whatever the heck they call those things. Yeah, well, you get the idea. Bugs Bunny, Roger Rabbit, whoever it was. Oh, boy. Hmm. Oh, this game makes you hate football. It makes me want to step away from podcasting. It makes me want to do all that stuff. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It makes me want to just step away. I just, I get sick of this kind of stuff. Games like this where you have your hopes up, you think positively, and you just you just know when the whole town is all cocky, arrogant, thinking, yeah, oh, this is going to be the easy one of the group. You know, well, yeah, beating Detroit in Detroit, that's a tough game. Beating the Atlanta Falcons, the defending NFC champions, and we held them to no touchdowns on the road. Nine points, only three field goals, including a missed, missed field goal. Okay, sure, by them. But then, oh, yeah, Carolina. Pfft, ah, you know. <laughs> well, that's what Carolina was saying after this one. Well, not really, but they did beat the Vikings, and well, in 2009, Carolina kind of started the Vikings' uh, slight downturn before their little uh, entrance in the playoffs, and the Vikings lost home field advantage thanks to losses to Carolina, Arizona, and Chicago during the course of uh, November, December. Extremely frustrating. Why do the Vikings always suck in December? Why does it always turn out this way? Mm. But, well, it's just one game. It's not the end of the world, so trust me, I'm not off the bandwagon. How could I be off the bandwagon when I've been a fan for 27 years? No, 27 years. 25 years, pardon me. 25 years. So, what bandwagon? 25 years is like, yeah, if a kid was born, they'd already be like one of the veterans, well, one of the young, not not veterans, but one of the young up-and-comers on the team. A guy who'd already been in the league a couple of years. So, uh, somebody that was born that year. So, we're talking a while. Uh, let's get to the game. Hmm. Hmm. Well, quick three it out. Okay, sure. Vikings offense sputters. It does what it does, but we'll get it together. And the Vikings offense did get it together, but unfortunately, it looked like the Vikings defense was, okay, we'll be fine. Maybe Carolina will get some first downs because, well, you know, Matt Ryan threw some first downs, this and that. Carolina got their little first down. Next thing you know, I mean, you thought Cam Newton was, was Moses. I mean, 
just hold his arms up and, well, <laughs> the Red Sea parts. And that was it. Jonathan Stewart was the Israelites and we were the Egyptians in this one. I mean, oh yeah. yeah, the Red Sea parted. I mean, gap control, whatever you want to call it, that's a football term. And well, well, whatever it is, it wasn't good. And Jonathan Stewart just scampered for 60 yards. You know, he's one of the older running backs in the league. He's still good, mind you. He's always been a goal line threat. He was on one of my fantasy teams years ago. That's how long Jonathan Stewart's been in the league, and he was one of the valuable pieces to my fantasy team. But not the star player, just the goal line guy. One of the valuable goal line guys, because you had all these other... Uh, I forgot the other guy who was really good, too. Um, they used to have a running back tandem there in uh, Carolina way back in you know 2008. Yeah, that, that's a long time ago. Uh, but Stewart was a good player, obviously. And he's still good, and gosh, uh, and, and the fact nobody could keep up with him. You know, he's a big lumbering running back. Nobody could keep up with him. Not only the gap was frustrating, but you figured, okay, bring him down 25 yards. Yeah, it's a huge play, but at least at least he didn't go all the way. Well, yeah, he did go all the way. Great way to start a game. Mm. And, of course, uh, this was after the, uh, the, the arm punt by Case Keenum. One of the first plays of the game, Case Keenum throws an interception as the Vikings win the toss. You know, that's another thing. I'd rather not have the ball at the beginning. I'd rather, you know, hope our defense makes a big stop and then we have the ball right away and you get the ball back in the first, uh, excuse me, second half to keep the momentum rolling. But okay, that's just, that's life. That's how it goes. Um, that's just how that goes. You know, <laughs> that's one of those... Uh, well, you know, you're you're not going to get everything you want. And, of course, not everybody thinks the same way I do either. So, yeah. <laughs> but then the Vikings offense went to work. And, okay, sure. Yeah, they look good. You saw uh, you saw, you saw, saw a drop pass by Kyle Rudolph in this game. You saw multiple drop passes by Adam Thielen, including one that's a big bullcrap rule of all time. But, ultimately, a nice little play by Case Keenum. And, well, one thing before I even continue on, the, on how this game went is the beginning, the very beginning you get an alert on your phones, whatever, your smart device. About an hour before the game, Pat Elfline ruled out for today's game. What? I mean, that's f freaking awful. I knew we were in big trouble. Um, I, I knew it because what was the Vikings Achilles heel all last season? <laughs> Pass protection, just a little bit. Oh, and run protection through run blocking, which the Vikings did not get to the same level we had been getting. Because, well... That doggone Mickey freaking Mike Remmers can never stay hell. I mean, the guy is never going to come back. I swear, every week, out, Mike Remmers, out, Mike Remmers, out. I'm sick and tired of Mike Remmers and hearing that he's out. I'm sick of it. You know, I mean, I'm getting Mike Zimmer-like about it, So, but that's how that goes. I'm getting Zimmer-like about, say, the Sharif Floyds of the world. You get frustrated. Okay, I mean, you can't help it. If the guy had a concussion, he had a concussion, but for goodness sakes, you know, ugh, does it have to take this long? But I guess it does, whatever, and it's just killing us. But the Vikings were holding up. Now you lose Pat Elfline. And then during the course of the game, you have an ankle injury to Riley Reef. And this was much later. Even before that, when you move Nick Easton to, uh, to center and you bring in Jeremiah Serrells. Ugh. And he, he's just not that good. At least he was left guard, not left tackle. But again, somebody else had to move into left tackle position later. And that was Serrells. And great. That was just wonderful. Because, I mean, you brought in Isadora, who's got a nice... Uh, future in this league as a, as a left guard. He's, he's, he could be a starting guard in this league, a mid to late round pick by the Vikings this past year. He's looked promising, but obviously he's not reached his career potential yet. It's very early. Jeremiah Searles, though, he's, not, you know, he's just not that good. He's a backup for a reason. 
And, I don't know, he looked promising like his first game out there last season, and ever since then, he's just nothing much. Half the time you saw the Vikings run the ball today, you heard this. And then we started handing the ball to Jarek McKinnon instead of uh, Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray was getting nailed a lot, and uh, it's mostly because Carolina's smelling it out and the run blocking wasn't real good, but I don't know, Jarek McKinnon is just a little quicker, and he's able to get loose, and he had some nice games during the, uh, gains during the course of the game today. Unfortunately, the Vikings are playing from behind most of the way, but not really too much behind until late in that third quarter. That's when things started to get real ugly for a while there, and it looked like an absolute positive loss for the Vikings, the way things were headed at that stage. But Jarek McKinnon gave us some hope along the way. So, I mean, he, we did wind up with seven rushes, and he was solid in every single one of them. Case Keenum was excellent running the ball during the course of the game. Um, uh, just an, an overall frustrating game today, though. Obviously, Keenum very early threw that interception. It was only his second pass of the game. Could Thielen have knocked it away? Maybe, probably, but it just didn't. And then the next one was stupid digs, fobbling the ball away, and then you figure that's game over. A lot of us thought so, because the Vikings were already down at that stage by that 11-point that deficit. You saw Kai Forbath miss a 54-yarder like he was... I don't know, it, it looked more like a foul ball in baseball. It, it looked like that. That's what it looked like. It didn't look like somebody trying to kick a field goal. It looked like, oh, it's just a foul ball, you know. Eh, you know, <laughs> count is now one and two to, to Kai Forbath. Oh, wait, no, he was trying to kick a field, bowl, uh, field goal. It just was that bad. Um, all of us thought, oh, it, it got blocked, and I'm sick and tired of the ball getting blocked too, but it wasn't even blocked. It was just awful. It was sideways. I mean, sideways. The ball's not supposed to look like that when it's floating towards the uprights. And it wasn't floating towards the uprights. It was going somewhere way beyond. Like, it didn't even touch the net. It went so far off. And ah, It was a 54-yarder, yes, but, dude, he would have missed that from anywhere. He would have missed that if it was an extra point. It was that awful. So it was a bad kick regardless. And you know what? you got to make some 54-yarders, too, on the road. What if we have to play in Philadelphia? Because now things are, well, <laughs> the NFC is shifting again. And it, great. That's what happens when you lose these road games that, you know, I mean, sure, you're going to lose some games sometimes. You're not going to go 16-0. and Only one team has done it. Or two teams, one team went 14-0, and the other went 16-0. and um, But, gosh, I mean, that... That's what happens, though, when you lose games. Things can shift because the other team gets back ahead. They regain their lead, this and that. And now the hope is we don't get consecutive losses. I don't think we'll lose to Cincinnati. So as long as the Vikings get kid past Green Bay, 13-3 and is a very legitimate possibility. And, well, luckily, <laughs> luckily the Vikings' chances, if, if they are 13-3, and the chances of home field advantage throughout are decent. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in the second segment. Overall, when we look at the National Football League, whew, and next week's opponent, ho-ho, with the little nice showing they showed today, that's pretty much like escort the coach out of the building for Cincinnati, and it's about time they did. That's a fireable game. I'm just looking at the score right now. It's fireable. I mean, it's time to go, Mr. Uh, Lewis. Yes, time to go. Um, I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. You know, I mean, I used up so much energy screaming and yelling and getting mad and overreacting a little bit, too, and... Uh, Laquan Treadwell, well, he made some key catch. He made a couple key catches for first down. That was helpful, but obviously the guy has about as much separation as oil and um, oil. That's it. There's no oil and water separation with him. It's just oil and syrup. How about just syrup and pancakes? That's about the separation you're going to get with uh, Laquan Treadwell from defensive uh, backs. He just can't do it. 
he just can't do it. And if you're a first-round pick and you can't do it, that's another Christian Ponder. Literally, Christian Ponder couldn't do it. And today, when you saw the offensive uh, line pass protection today, Keenum looked like Christian Ponder, particularly as uh, things headed towards uh, the, the Riley Reef ankle injury, which still no information is coming at this moment. Possibly something will pop up in between now and the next segment or the third segment. If stuff pops up, didn't look as serious, but he still had to get carted off. And when you see your left tackle, who's been pretty much the anchor of your line the whole season and the MVP of the team, in my opinion, when you consider the difference he makes, uh, that's <laughs> not good news. Um, hopefully it's only a week. And if it's against Cincinnati, okay, let's hopefully we survive Cincinnati because remember what they did with Pittsburgh uh, a, w- a week ago. We're talking like they're like a bunch of serial killers trying to injure everybody. For what? For what? Because you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers? I hate them too, but I don't want to injure them. Um, but I don't know. Just an overall, just a gut-wrenching game. You, you, you know, the, the pass, it just shows you what happens when you have no pass rush because then Case Keenum looked like Ponder too. But, okay, he's a little better. And that's where I'm getting back to the point now with uh, Keenum able to avert uh, sacks throughout the game today. He was just incredible. Uh, he literally ducked underneath... Uh, Captain Munderland, this was on the pass over to Kyle Rudolph to put the Vikings ahead. Just awesome. And he's been doing this time and time again. But eventually, once Riley Reef went out, then the sack started happening. And he ended up getting sacked six times. Uh, because Jeremiah Searles sucks. Okay? Can, can I say it? He sucks. And that's why he is what he is. He's just there. I don't know. Some, some of, sometimes, eventually, when you have enough injuries to your offensive line, this guy is just a guy. And he's not a valuable depth, depth guy. He's not. Rashad Hill is good enough. Um, Joe Berger, well, obviously he's a starter, but he's not one of the superstars necessarily out there. It just shows the value of Pat Elfline, Riley Reef. They're insane. And that's one of the reasons why the Vikings offense has been so good this year, because Case Keenum has time to throw the ball. And then you add on the fact that he can avert sacks to the level he can. It just, it, it's just a bonus because Sam Bradford couldn't avoid uh, anything pretty much. You know, he just couldn't. So um, only once in a blue moon. Uh, and then Christian Ponder was obviously scared half to death the whole time. Bridgewater often had to run too because the offensive line protection was lousy. And you get this kind of result today. A game where you're just cursing and swearing and just writing tweets. Maybe you regret and you end up deleting one or two of them because it makes me look stupid. So I deleted at least one or two today. <laughs> just made me look like an idiot. Um, but whatever. <sighs> That's the kind of game it was. Hey, well... Case Keenum again, I mean, you saw this game heading the way it was. Jonathan Stewart pretty much having his way on big plays. It was the big plays that hurt the Vikings today. The Vikings defense kept them in the game for the most part. The Vikings offense was quiet, but then the big plays helped the Vikings offense. You had the big plays from the Vikings offense that kept the Vikings in the game, and you had the big plays from the Carolina offense that kept them in the game, the Carolina Panthers. And that's pretty much what took place today. The Carolina Panthers had more big plays. Uh, Vikings left plays on the field, though, again, I mean, at the end of the half, the Vikings had to settle for a field goal, which just gnaws at you like you wouldn't believe. <sighs> it just gnaws at your soul as a football fan because Case or Case Keenum threw a perfect pass to Adam Thielen, and he just didn't catch it. It just bounced off his jersey and Thielen didn't bring it in. He didn't hold the ball. It just went off and away, and Thielen was kicking himself afterwards. Then, of course, the Vikings don't get in on the next play. I don't know what happened there. Pretty much Keenum had to throw the ball away, and then it's in the back of the end zone, and they have this 
stupid, stupid rule, which she heard a lot of people complain about today. And I agree. That's that. I mean, the whole planet would say, okay, that's a catch, whatever. But then there's this stupid rule where if you're not literally holding onto the ball the entire time, even when you hit the ground as you go out of bounds, it's not a touchdown. It's, you know, it's an incomplete pass, and that's what happened. It was an incomplete pass. And, uh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. The Vikings have to settle for the field goal, and the Vikings trail at halftime by a point rather than leading by three. Vikings could have been up by three points at the half. And then... Later on, of course, things go the way they do, blah, blah, blah. It's just the most wonderful thing you ever saw. Ay, things kind of kept heading towards the Carolina direction. You saw the Vikings offense sputter, have some moments here and there, but generally that third quarter belonged to the Carolina Panthers. Anytime you thought the Vikings had hope, they didn't during that time. Cam Newton, you had him down, you had him sacked, but he was able to avert the pass a la Case Keenum and hit, uh, hit Devin Funkness, which Funkness, which you want to just call him that word, but... You want to just take a couple letters out and add it to him because it was that frustrating when he got that. Panthers also tack on another field goal. Next thing you know, instead of the Vikings leading, they're down by 11 midway through the third quarter, about two-thirds through it or so. And that's the point where you think pretty much things are all over. Case Keenum throws that interception into coverage with uh, Mr. Uh, Stephon Diggs, who I, I think has become one of the softest players in the NFL right now. I mean, he had a play today too where it would have it was a it was a nine yard reception. He just went down. He just sat. He didn't even make a move. He just sat down like, oh no, 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 that's okay. I'm down. And you know, you make a step and that's a, and it's a first down right away. Luckily the Vikings would get a first down along the way during that drive. But I forget exactly when that play happened, but it's just the fact that it was just such a wimpy, just, and you saw it time and time again throughout today, and you've seen it in the past, but today you saw it more and more, where he just would go down, literally, and just say, okay, I'm down, rather than try to make a move, which might add another five yards and guarantee a first down, or get you closer to field goal range, even though Kai Forbath's your kicker and you don't trust him too well. But, well, that's how things go. Luckily, the Vikings offense would surprise everybody when you thought this thing was pretty much done and dusted. Case Keenum would hit Adam Thielen, who would make a move or two, and pretty much as he just, luckily, he, the Vikings were on the right hash, excuse me, left hash, and Thielen was on the right side, obviously, but could have had all this space, because the Vikings were on the left on the left hash, so you have all this space on the field for Thielen to run, 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 and there was not a whole lot of, not a whole lot that the uh, Carolina defenders could do Ended up being a very quick strike, 52 yards. And the Vikings go from 11 down and, again, throwing that interception to Carolina to, next thing you know, the Vikings are only down by three with five five minutes and 36 seconds remaining. And it's like, okay. And then you hit Blake Bell, very little-known Blake Bell. It was picked up not too long ago, tight end for the two-point conversion. Of course, it would have been a four-point game. Or, excuse me, it was a five-point game at the time, but would have been four if the Vikings settled for the extra point. Instead, they get the two-point conversion, down only by a field goal, and immediately, after a couple of, <laughs> after a uh, stupid incomplete pass from Cam Newton, which got us really excited, showed that the Carolina Panthers were rattled a bit, he throws an interception, Anderson Dejo was able to catch it after it bobbled away from Mr. McCaffrey, their young Mr. McCaffrey of the, Christian McCaffrey, of the Carolina Panthers, bobbled the ball away, kind of like Mr. Frickin' Stefan Diggs. Ugh, I'm tired of Stephon Diggs right now. As good as he is, he bugs me. He bugs me. He's a wimp, and, and, and he's always hurt. 
and he just doesn't make the plays that you'd like him to make. He's just, you know, he, he's just hoping to get pass interference here and there, and you're not seeing the big play that you're seeing from uh, Adam Thielen. You're seeing Adam Thielen make the big plays, not Stefan Diggs, when it should be both of them, frankly. Kyle Rudolph occasionally makes some big plays here and there, more of in the end zone than anything else, but which is very nice. We, we'll take it any day of the week. But again, drop passes by Kyle Rudolph to Adam Thielen multiple times throughout the game. Did it drive you crazy? Missed routes and everything, too, as well by Adam Thielen. There was a missed route uh, where he kept going, where the play was to have, it was going to be more of a short play where Thielen would turn around and catch the ball, a, a curl, and apparently it wasn't. Some play calling questionable here and there. You're going deep for Thielen when it's a second and one and it's an interception. That was kind of silly. Or not Thielen for Diggs. That was also that same play, which leaves you kind of stunned a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, frustrating overall game today. But we'll get back to the point now. After uh, Cam Newton threw that interception, Mr. Anderson Dejo returns the kick. You think, oh my God, he might get in the end zone and we're going to be ahead. We're going to be ahead by four points against a deep, against an offense that's been flustered all day today. But no, he did get tackled on the six. Okay, we'll find a way to get in the end zone. We'll be okay. And then there it is. Thielen drops a sure touchdown on the first down. Next play, threw away. And then, uh, And then it's just mm, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. The Vikings do not get in the end zone. Another throwaway or a sack, actually. Just Thielen dropped another one at that stage. Just heartbreaking. And <laughs> Case Keenum takes the sack, and we have to settle for the field goal. Tie game. Okay, hopefully the Vikings defense is back in it again, and Cam Newton's going to be stunned. He was silent in that place after that interception. It looked like the Vikings had the game out of nowhere. Just complete shocker. Come back from 11 down with about six minutes remaining. Incredible. But, well, pretty much right out of the gate. Mm, right out of the gate, pretty much. Uh, Cam Newton, after a couple of after, after one first down to start things out, Cam Newton scrambles a little bit. The Vikings miss one miss after another. And next thing you know, Cam Newton goes all the way down 65, 63 yards, pardon me. And then just a couple of plays later, Jonathan Stewart is able to rush up the middle. And. Put the Carolina Panthers ahead. Vikings do their little drive attempt at the end. It doesn't go well. And the Vikings end up losing the game. No overtime. Nothing like that, of course. And there it is. 31-24. The story of the game. And, well, missed tackles throughout the game. Drop passes. Uh, I'm not mad at Case Keenum, obviously. But it, it just shows what happens. And how much everyone's value drops immediately when you're losing key members of your offensive line. It also shows, too, though, when your defense isn't playing up to their potential. We, we know what they're capable of. I mean, nine points against one of the best offenses in the NFL, maybe one of the best in NFL history last week. And then this week, they're not making key plays, and they're, they're getting beat on huge, huge gaps that are taking place, missing tackles. And next thing you know, they give up 31 points in a game. Um, it wasn't because Keenum fumbled at the goal line or anything, stuff like that, or a special teams touchdown. I mean, God bless, we haven't given up those. Knock on wood here. But we're not getting them either. I mean, we're getting no special teams love <laughs> touchdowns or anything like that. But a couple of good returns by, by Searles today. We do appreciate that. Um, he did nearly fumble one of the kickoffs deep, deep in Carolina territory. He did fumble it, but he recovered it right away. So thank God for that. 
Keenum did get called for a fumble at one point in the game, too, when he, it was a strip sack. That was heartbreaking along the way, too. So at the end of the day, three turnovers for the Vikings. Case Keenum, it was a strip sack as he was just about to release the ball, tipped away. Just mm, not the fun game for the Vikings in Carolina. And uh, it's just, I don't know, the cockiness of everyone in town. You just kind of got this feeling. I mean, I, we go back to like 90, what year was this? Back in like 94 or something, I thought, oh, we'll beat the Giants. It'll be fine. This this wasn't 94. What year was it? This was sometime 96 or something. Yeah, Vikings were 4-0. and And you go into, or was it 9-7? and uh, 97. It was one of those two years. You go into New York, though. Oh, we'll beat the Giants. They're 0-4. Everything will be fine. And the Giants just rolled over the Vikings that whole game. It was ridiculous. So that that was the beginning of it for me when you get all cocky thinking we're going to be just fine. And then that team rolls all over you. It's never easy to win on the road, regardless. I mean, they could be the Cleveland Browns. It's never easy. It isn't. You can never take a road win for granted. They're worth their weight in gold. So we're going to wrap up the segment with the awards. The Fran Tarkington Award for this show, for this episode. Well, you want to give it to Thielen, but those drop passes were just really frustrating. And he, he should have a second touchdown, though. That rule is bullcrap. Uh... I don't even know where to go with this one. It's it's tough. I mean, there were missed tackles by almost everybody. I thought Linval Joseph was outstanding for the most part, but again, you know, you could kind of blame it on him a little bit. Uh, Anderson Day, who was pretty good, though he missed a tackle or two along the way. Interception, pass deflections, this and that. Xavier Rhodes was generally really good. Uh, you saw just a you saw Mackenzie um, Alexander gamble for an interception, which also gave up a twenty yard play along the way, which did not help the Vikings at all. Fran Turkington award for this. I mean, you know, should I give it to Case Keenum? Because I think he kind of kept the Vikings in this one. The defense was frustrating throughout the game today. I will give the Fran Turkington to Case Keenum because even though he had interceptions and all that junk, he still, with the pass rush coming his way, the way it did the entire game, to keep the Vikings in it and give us hope at the end, I guess I will give it to Case Keenum. Uh, the... The... Uh, Christian Potter Memorial, I, it's like the injuries to the offensive line, and then the guys that replaced them. I guess, I guess that's kind of the that's kind of the situation. But you can go with several players on the defense as well, missing tackles and such along the way. You even saw Harry the Hitman miss a tackle, a really key tackle late, late there for Carolina as the Panthers continued to do their march along the way, which kept them ahead. Just in general, just the pass blocking. I mean, pass and run blocking was yucky today. Uh, honorable mention to Jarek McKinnon as well for being just as valuable as he was. I mean, Thielen had the big numbers and such, but that some of those key drops were just killer. The one before the halftime was just killer. That's four points getting left on the board. Play after play getting left on the field throughout the game today. So that's pretty much the case. The We're going to give the Fran Tarkington to... Case Keenum and the and the Christian Ponder to basically the pass blocking situation, the injuries and the guys that replaced them. We'll be back for segment number two after this.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to banter around the NFL and, of course, preview the Cincinnati Bengals game coming up next week. Another nooner, which we appreciate very much. Then, of course, we go to a Saturday evening game with the Green Bay Packers and wrap up the regular season with the Chicago Bears. The Bears. So Vikings minimum will be 12-4, and four, hopefully best 13-3. and three. Um, Well, obviously, there is still a possibility... The Vikings could finish what would be ten and six, but yeah, I don't think so. Or eleven and five. I don't think it's going to go that bad. Twelve and four, thirteen and three, more than likely the two scenarios. I want thirteen and three, damn it, because I want a real chance at home field advantage. Things could get very interesting as the balance of power shifting once again in the NFC back to where it was. Philadelphia beat the Rams today, and the Vikings are now ten and three. Of course, Philadelphia eleven and two, number one Philly, two Minnesota. So the first round buy is still very much cemented as the Los Angeles Rams lost to the Eagles. We'll talk about that in a little bit. New Orleans is now number three, of course. Even though, yeah, they're still number three, believe it or not. Even though the Falcons took care of business with them. We'll talk about that in a second. And Carolina fifth. They do hold the tiebreaker on the Vikings and are one game behind. So there is always that really crazy, extremely devastating scenario. But we'll try not to think about that. We'll just try our butts off not to do that. (laughs) Let's talk about that Atlanta game a little bit. They outlast the uh, New Orleans Saints on Thursday Night Football. Nice nice week this week, really, in, in games. You have, like, Seattle-Jacksonville. That's good. Rams and Philly, that was the game of the week. Obviously, Minnesota-Carolina, pretty significant, and it ended up being extremely significant. Unfortunately, things did not go in a positive direction for the Vikings at the end of the day. But, um, well, I mean, you just kind of have to go the way you go. Drew Brees was solid throughout the game. He was sacked a couple times, and, hmm, Whoa, this is just popping on the screen. Um, Well, they were talking about how a lot of the uh, trainers came out of the tunnel when Carson Wentz went in the tunnel, and they were shaking their heads as if, like, oh, boy. And uh, and this is literally just popping on the screen right now that Carson Wentz is, they're fearing that it is an ACL. So, okay, um, wow. So, just like when Aaron Rodgers went down with a broken collarbone, that opened the door for the Vikings to win the NFC North. Now, maybe Carson Wentz's ACL may open the door for the Minnesota Vikings winning the NFC despite such a nasty game today in which the Vikings still almost won, (laughs) which is insane to think about. That's too bad, though. I mean, that's too bad. You don't want to wish that. I mean, I I can't even imagine what Eagles fans are feeling right now. I mean, Viking fans today, frustrated, scared, concerned. Riley Reef's injury and how frickin' Mike Remmers, if he's ever going to come back. He's the next Pierre Marc Bouchard, it looks like, with that... uh, uh, and I'm not trying to be funny. It's frustrating with the uh, concussion situation. Um, concussions aren't a joke. They're, they really aren't. Um, but there it is in big red, big red from the NFL application. Eagles believe Carson Wentz, AZL, out for the season. Yikes. Oof. So this literally hot off of the press or hot off the data or something like that. Uh, Drew Brees was sharp. Matt Ryan was not, yet the... Uh, Atlanta Falcons still survive, which is crazy. The Atlanta defense was pretty good at the end of the day. They helped get the job done. Matt Ryan, three interceptions, rough game. Yet again, the Falcons still win, which is nice. Uh, big help from Devonta Freeman, Devonta Freeman along the way, who was also frustrating for the Vikings to tackle along the way. Michael Thomas got over 100 yards receiving, like he almost always does. Julio Jones back into his near 100-yard range, but 11 targets. Again, Matt Ryan... Kind of a yucky game, and boy, that is just a, whew, I'm a little distracted now because that's a big deal. It's nice to have the door open for you, maybe, but wow, 
Wow, especially with the little conversation I just had with some of the guys on Twitter there. It was uh, <clears throat> Ali Siddiqui and Crom there, along with, of course, Mad Martin. A lot of conversation about the Eagles game. So that's why, uh, wow, that's unbelievable. Kind of like when Zach Levine tore his ACL, he still played for a little bit because Wentz ended up throwing the touchdown after the play, and uh, he got nearly in there. He got kind of bent on a jackknife by the Rams defenders there. And, wow, the Eagles still win the game. They're number one, and they're all excited. But, mm, well, all i got to say is good thing they have a nice backup, Nick Foles, so maybe he's their case, Keenum. So, I don't know. Um, season of destiny for Minnesota-Philadelphia. Very, very interesting scenarios taking place in the NFL today. And I mean extremely interesting. I don't know. I thought maybe he would miss a game or two games, or maybe he's okay. No idea. But the way they came out shaking their heads, as Aaron Andrews said, it was like, hmm... The plot thickens. Buffalo, Indianapolis, yucky game. It seemed like these guys just played. <clears throat> I don't know. But Buffalo won in overtime, 13-7. to Oof. Don't really have anything else to say there. Yucky game. Buffalo hanging on. Let's switch back to the AFC a bit for the uh, playoff picture. Pittsburgh, New England. They haven't played yet. They're both 10-2. and Pittsburgh officially number one at the moment. But that's uh, <clears throat> still coming up as we progress here into the evening. Man, it's like, I wish I, but it's like I, I need to get the show going. The show must move on, unfortunately, uh, in terms of that. Jacksonville won today. They're number three. They're still hanging on to that third seed. Four losses. So Pittsburgh and New England very, very much hanging on to the bye in the first round there in the AFC. Baltimore hanging into their playoff position, seven and five. They'll be playing on Monday night, I do believe. Tennessee, eight and five. Kansas City, seven and six. They finally won a game. It took them forever, poor guys. And they're still the fourth seed because they're still first place in the uh, in the AFC West there. Hard to believe. Oof, yucky division there. Yuck. Yeesh. <laughs> nasty, nasty division there. But it is what it is. Let's keep going. Chicago-Cincinnati, we'll talk about that last. For obvious reasons, Green Bay-Cleveland, that's pretty close to last. Kansas City over the Oak Town Raiders. The Raiders are junk, and it's, it's too bad. Six and seven. <clears throat> they, neither, neither one of my Super Bowl picks will even make the playoffs. And that's just all there is to say about that, I think. And I do got two people that uh, wrote five-star reviews on iTunes. I've got to mention it today. Oh, guys, I'm sorry I missed it. They're about a month ago. One of them was a month ago. One's maybe two, three weeks ago in early November. One's at the end of October. I want to thank you guys. I have not forgotten about you. I had been checking. Maybe it just didn't show up right away because iTunes does that sometimes. So, no, I'm not just promising stuff that I don't intend to keep, you know, don't intend to keep the promise. That's rude to do that, saying, I'm going to mention you and give you a star. Well, no, those two guys will be getting stars today, both of them, and thank you very much. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 26 over Oakland, 26 to 17. One of them even mentioned how I do this. I go over the other games a bit in the second segment because it's fun to. It's interesting. You know, it's it's Sunday, damn it. <laughs> you know, the whole NFL season is mostly Sunday. A little bit of Monday, a little bit of Thursday, and again, Saturdays as we get into the end of the season, the final weeks, which I think is fun also, particularly as you slide into Wild Card Weekend and the division round. Derek Carr, Alex Smith. Yeah, what the hell? I thought Derek Carr was a franchise quarterback. And when the 49ers took Alex Smith many, many years ago, number one overall, they thought he was a franchise quarterback. Cricket time. Crickets. Let's 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 listen to those crickets. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he broke his ankle and everything to Derek Carr, and I guess maybe the Eagles are the, yeah, that's exactly what it is. The Eagles are the Oakland Raiders of the NFL this year. All this hope, all this excitement, all this coming in, and ACL in this case. It was broken ankle last year for the Oakland Raiders. Just 
Oh, Eagles fans, you know what? I'm not cheering for this injury at all. I'm sad. I'm sad for you. I, I, I really am. I truly am. I'm, and I know you're probably like, yeah, thanks, whatever. It doesn't make us feel better. And no, it doesn't. And I understand. I truly understand. Because the Eagles, they're looking for their first Super Bowl too. And, you know, both of us, Minnesota and Philadelphia, we're looking for that first Super Bowl. We want it so bad, but maybe it really is our year because we're the home team, blah, blah, blah. But I hope Philly gets a Super Bowl also very soon. And I wish Carson Wentz a speedy and complete full recovery so he can continue to reach his career potential because of the guy. He's living up to the hype. It's nice to see some quarterbacks actually live up to the hype, including Jared Goff, who coughed the game away, the son of a gun, that fumble. That was just, mm, well, rookie, rookie errors. Two young guys, second year, number one and number two in the, in the 2016 draft. Kind of cool when you think about that. And this is just like the old days back in the 90s when the New York Giants were meh and Dallas was the best team in the foot in the NFL. Cowboys 30, New York 10. Yuck. Whatever. McAdoo was fired over the course of the week as well. He sucks and so does the uh, general manager. Um, New York Giants though, the ownership too, not so good. Cleveland, same problem. They fired the general manager but are keeping uh, the coach. So Hugh Jackson. Interesting. Uh, Detroit and Tampa, we'll get to that in a minute. San Francisco over Houston. Hey, 49ers back to back. How about that? And there's another quarterback out for the season of the ACL and according to, uh, with uh, Watson there, there uh, in uh, Houston. I feel bad for them, too, because they were doing good, and Watson was awesome, and they haven't pretty much haven't won since. In fact, they haven't. They've just been devastated. TJ Yates, Tom Savage, same old story. Oh, I mean, they're just sick of looking at those guys. It's like it's like DeVars Jackson and uh, 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 Sage Rosenfels. You know, I mean, it's just the same old thing. Same old names. Oh, goody. You know, great. Just we're going to suck for the next 10 years. That's kind of what the feeling must be right now in Houston. And I, you feel for them because they had, they had that future and the guy has an ACL. And you just never know how they're going to recover. Jimmy Garoppolo racking up the yards. Not the sexiest numbers in quarterback rating and touchdowns and all that. But still, good. Good. I mean, the hope is there. And he doesn't have a whole lot to throw to either. How, how many people have heard of all these guys? I mean, not everyone. Some of them are okay. Marquise Goodwin over 100. Ger uh, Garrett Selleck. Yeah, you know, those are names, but they're not like big, big, big names. You know, <laughs> like back in the day. Uh, you could go on forever. Carlos Hyde, 78 yards on the ground. Let's just keep moving. Not a whole lot of people are too interested in San Francisco versus Houston at this point. But, well, the they're screwing up their draft pick, I guess, a little bit. But maybe they have their quarterback if he wants to stay. If, if they can get him to stay, he is a free agent. So, whoa, I am doing an Adrian Peterson here, dropping everything. Denver shut out New York. Yuck. New York Jets, that is, not the Giants. Both of the New York teams suck. The Jets had a little bit of hope for a little while. Denver is just weird as heck. I don't know what's going on there. It's the weirdest team of all time. They gave up, what, 35 to Miami last week, and they shut out New York this week. I don't have any answers. I, I don't know. Urban legend. That's the urban legend. Denver Broncos. Miami's weird. Denver's weird, too. Arizona over Tennessee. What? Arizona, 12-7 to over Tennessee. You know, the team that's going to make the playoffs, the Titans. Bruce Arians defense there. Woo! The Arizona Cardinals. That's a good win. I mean, that's good. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's nice. I'm impressed. I'm actually impressed here. Uh, dead serious because Tennessee's a first-place club in the AFC South. Well, not anymore. They're second place. I'm going crazy. It's Jacksonville. Arizona's still kind of semi-staying alive. Six and seven? That's not bad, considering how dead they should be. I mean, 
not bad. Blaine Gabbard is like garbage, but he didn't get them killed today. He was okay. And he didn't do any. He didn't throw any touchdown passes, but still. And Kerwin, not Sherwin Williams. Another good week for the Arizona Cardinals, and no Adrian Peterson. <laughs> that figures. Great defense by the uh, Cardinals, though, and, and you, you know the abilities there. Nothing sexy offensively from either club, but a little bit better. Kerwin Williams was solid, and Clay Gabbard was okay, and Demarco Murray. Or what am I talking about? Demarco Murray. Yeah, yeah. Demarco Murray was stymied a bit. And they were behind, so they couldn't run too much, them being the Tennessee Titans. And Marcus Mariota had a yucky game. He got sacked a couple times, a few times, and interceptions, inaccurate, all the above. No touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking too much about an Arizona-Tennessee game, but still, it is what it is there. Los Angeles crushed the Washington Redskins, almost called them the Capitals. Oh, man. Los Angeles uh, Chargers, that is. Wow, they just continue to hang in there through the Chargers. They are right, right there. And I mean right there, right there, hanging in there. Kurt back saying how it's great news about Carson West. Come on, man. Ugh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. Ugh. I'm not celebrating a guy's ACL injury. I can't do that. You know, I mean, it's one thing if you beat a team head-to-head. You're just jumping for joy. You did it. You actually beat Tom Brady or you beat Carson Wentz or you beat Jared Goff. You know, but it's not necessarily that Goff was the the whole team, and you know, you got Aaron Donald and all these other studs when he beat the, the Rams, it was great. If Jared Goff is their best player and he carries his ACL and you beat him, I'm, I'm not that happy about it. I mean, eh, you know, and you end up going up against a backup, you know, Nick Foles is okay, he's not that good. Um, so, we just continue to move on, though. The Chargers still in the hunt because it's stubborn teams like Tennessee and Baltimore hanging in there. They're, they're still ahead of the char- the Chargers, but if they make it, watch out for the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh my God, I, I think they're going to go on a run. They, it's like plain as day to me. They It is heartbreaking that they started off so poorly. Oh, let's move on. Whew. Jacksonville and Seattle or the Rams, these are just pivotal games going into the postseason. Again, we look at the NFC playoff picture. Believe it or not, Seattle would be out at the moment. Seattle would be out because Carolina won. That's basically what happened. The Carolina Panthers won, so it's between the Carolina Panthers and <clears throat> the Seattle Seahawks about making the playoffs right now. Carolina also jockeying for the uh, division championship, too. Maybe they'd be the third seed. If they come into the U.S. Bank Stadium at some point in the postseason, though, I think the Vikings would win that game. I, I don't think Carolina's going to roll all over us. Um, the Rams would be scary a little bit, but, you know, the more I see Jared Goff make mistakes here and there, I'm not really that... Uh, I, I think the Vikings would beat the Rams. Both the Eagles and the Vikings have beaten the Rams this year now, and very impressive for Philadelphia to survive that, despite the utter devastation. Uh, Nick Foles is a good, solid backup, though, so who knows? Maybe they'll keep winning. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's go to Jacksonville-Seattle first. The Jaguars over Seattle, 30-24. to Solid overall. <clears throat> game for the Jaguars. They're hanging in there. First place. They're going to win their division. Who, who knows? I mean, they might lose right away, and they might go They might go all the way. Who knows? Maybe they'll come and play the Vikings in the U.S. Bank Stadium. Russell Wilson flustered against that outstanding defense. Blake Bortles keeps getting better. So he's, hang on, he's hung on to his job all year when you figured the Jaguars have everything but that stinking quarterback. It's every year. They're just like Cleveland. They draft a quarterback real high, and then he sucks, and then this one sucks, and then he's on some other team like Arizona who's not going anywhere. He's starting because of, well, you know, the, the other guy, the regular starters hurt, stuff like that. 
Leonard Fournette, an outstanding running back. He's back, healthy, rolling, and the Jaguars are really trying to solidify things. And congratulations to Mr. Jared Goff, or what am I talking about, Mr. Uh, Blake Bortles stepping up a bit. Good game against that Seattle defense who, well, he took advantage of a decimated Seattle defense with the injuries in the backfield there, or in the uh, secondary, pardon me. We'll wrap up the non-division segment. Division part of this segment is it's dragging like it always does because I love to talk about this stuff. First place in the NFC and the NFC East, Philadelphia, 43-35, an impressive victory in Ramland. But, of course, Mr. Carson Wentz was jackknifed while heading towards the end zone. Uh, That's why a lot of people don't like to see quarterbacks make dives like that. I mean, you just never know. Concussions, broken shoulders, broken hand. I mean, you can't throw a football with a broken hand. So, uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is there. Mm. You feel for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, though. They won. They're 11-2. You want to get mad and get frustrated because, oh, we're never going to get past this stinking team. They're just going to stay up there. But, oh, it's going to get interesting. It's going to get very interesting in the coming weeks. Uh, <clears throat> Jared Goff had a crucial fumble late, and he, despite he was fairly solid throughout the game, that Philadelphia defense, despite giving up 35 freaking points, still big and strong at the end when it mattered most. Interesting, though. It is interesting to note, and yes, it was in Los Angeles where the Vikings played the Rams in U.S. Bank Stadium, but to think how oh, the Rams got their seven points real early, and they never scored again. So, very interesting to put that together, put that note together. Eagles gave up 35, Rams uh, scored only seven in U.S. Bank Stadium against the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. put those two things together, think about it for a minute. Uh, Philadelphia was only up by seven, but of course they got a uh, fumble sack. Uh, Fumble six at the end there. Jarek off um, passed to Farrell Cooper. There were laterals and all this other junk. Tavon Austin, that's about all he's good for. He's not really a good player at all. Taken very high, a reach by the Rams a few years ago. Just useless as far as I'm concerned. Fumbled during all the laterals, and that was all she wrote there. That's what happens when you reach for a guy. They're always a bust, aren't they, when you reach? Almost always. Maybe not always, but almost. The Vikings reach for Ponder. Think about it. But let's keep moving. I am dragging this forever, and I apologize. Lots to talk about. The Viking game was a mess, and then Philadelphia. And now you got Carson Wentz out for the year with an ACL. Another ACL in the NFL. Yikes. Detroit-Tampa. Detroit beats the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24-21. I went on and on a bit there, but I mean, with the other games, because again, especially the Philly situation, just, it throws a monkey wrench in a lot of things, and man, I, <laughs> crazy. I, I can't even believe it. Yep, 24-21, though. The Detroit Lions still knocking on the door, but the Vikings, luckily, at least they split with them during the course of the season. Matthew Stafford, crazy accurate, but he was but he threw a couple of interceptions. So did Winston, blah, 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 blah. And the Detroit Lions survive over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers despite a ferocious comeback by the Bucks. Detroit finishes the job. As we like to attempt to move forward, talk about Green Bay and the Cleveland Browns. It had to go to overtime and Green Bay still won. It's just uh. so Green Bay's also 7-6 and six now. <laughs> Can you believe that? The Green Bay Packers are 7-6. and six. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played in several weeks and they still have a winning record. Uh, just disgusting. Cleveland Browns 0-13 and they will be keeping Hugh Jackson. So says the ownership and all that. Isaiah Crowell was awesome in the game. Rushing 121 yards including a 37-yard scamper along the way. Jamal Williams has led the Packers in rushing. 
ever since uh, for quite a while now. Brett Hundley still uh, showing a little mobility, and he was really good in the, in the game. And Cleveland's defense is why they're good, or why they're good. Cleveland's defense is the only good thing on them, even though Deshaun Kaiser managed to throw three touchdowns against a questionable Green Bay defense. Crazy to imagine that. Kaiser, awful he's been all season. Um, Hundley and Kaiser, a couple of rookies there who aren't that good. But, um, well, great matchup, I guess. And Green Bay won the game. Whatever. So now we got to think about Aaron Rodgers coming here the day before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve, Saturday the 23rd, coming up in a couple weeks here. This Christmas season is flying by like it always does, like it never happened, right? It's always like that. Uh, you want to look at Philly again coming up. So who who is Philly going to be playing the rest of the season here in their situation? The Giants. Oh, great. The Giants. So they might win that game with Nick Foles. And the next week they play Oakland. Well, <laughs> the Giants are a division rival, so who knows? Maybe the Giants win. Oakland stinks. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing a whole lot of losses here uh, <laughs> coming up. So it really does make you wonder, where are Philadelphia the next week? Oh, Dallas. Okay, that could be a loss very much because Dallas is still hanging on. So we'll see. I don't know. Vikings just... Win out and hope for the best. That's all I got to say about that. Just win out and hope for the best. Vikings play the Bears on New Year's Eve. Woo, New Year's Eve. 12 hours before the clock changes over into the next year. Woohoo! So that's the situation with Philadelphia. They get to play the, they get to play the Giants, the, the Oakland Raiders, yuck. And then the Dallas Cowboys to wrap up the season. Vikings, of course. Cincinnati, winnable. Green Bay, winnable, but not going to be easy. And, yeah, Chicago, you don't win that game. What the hell are you doing here? Let's talk about the Bears and the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to be playing the Cincinnati Bengals coming up. Not a whole lot to say about the Bengals at the end of the day. They stink. They've fallen apart over the years. Andy Dalton is a quarterback that was once looked on as, man, the Vikings passed on him, and they took Christian Ponder. Ugh, stupid move. That just shows how dumb what's-his-name is, old what's-his-name Rick Spielman. And Andy Dalton's not a whole lot better than Christian Ponder anymore. He, he really isn't. Uh, Cincinnati blew it. They had a chance to get a, a haul for A.J. McCarron going to the Cleveland Browns. And they, they blew it. And that's how things turned out with that. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. Too too bad for Cincinnati. Because the trade deadline had passed, and they said, nope, too late. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, eh, he was okay against a crappy Cincinnati defense. A defense that was supposed to be good with all these names and all that. Uh, Jordan Howard ran all over the Cincinnati Bengals throughout the game. I mean, 33-7. to The Bears just romped this club. And don't be surprised if you hear about the firing of their head coach, Marvin Lewis, between now and then. Because this is a fire-your-head-coach type of game. Cincinnati Bengals. You just hope that they don't come into the Metrodome and beat us. But I think regardless, I think Cincinnati's done. And if the Vikings lose to Cincinnati... Yuck. You know, it's funny to think these are our two of our next three opponents. The other one is Packer Week coming up, of course. And again, old A-Rod is his, his hurling footballs. And that's been going on for a couple of weeks now. So, uh, and the Packers have been winning games. If they had lost like their eighth game or something by now, which they could have, but no, they just couldn't do that. They, they, had, to, they had to win today and they had to win the, like last week as well. Oh, they just had to win. Mm, they just had to beat the Tim Bay Buccaneers at the end there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, Chicago. To see Chicago do this to them, to the Cincinnati Bengals, though, again, the Vikings need to beat this club. There's just no excuses. Andy Dalton, obviously the quarterback. You're wondering what's been going on with the uh, <laughs> the young guy. 
Mixon, well, he hasn't been in there. You're seeing Giovanni Bernard, and yeah, he, he he had an okay game, but he didn't get to rush a whole lot because of the uh, the sample size not so good. Uh, Brian Hill was a guy I liked. He ended up going to Cincinnati, interestingly, in the offseason. Brian Hill taken in the fifth round. I remember Brian Hill out of Wyoming. I liked him a little bit. Uh, today was his debut. Uh, here, the first time he got in the in the uh, in the action, oh, I just missed it here. Who was he drafted by again? I forgot. Was it Atlanta? It was. I can't remember now. It was the Falcons. Yep. See, I have a good memory. They never played him, and they ended up trading him in the uh, ended up trading him in the deadline for Cincinnati because uh, Mixon. Well, he's just. Yep. He's he's been hurt, unfortunately, and yep. Well, there it is. <laughs> That's the situation there. Hill finally getting a little tiny bit of action today. Mixon so far in the season in the 12, first 12 games, 518 yards and about three and a half a carry. Well, a little less than that. Four touchdowns for Mixon. Joe Mixon, the guy we decided not to take. And we took Delvin Cook, who pretty much had more yards already than what Joe Mixon has at this point. So crazy to think about. Brian Hill, season debut today for the Cincinnati Bengals. Only eight yards on two carries. But okay, you know, two four-yard carries. It's not that bad. <laughs> the Vikings need to win this game, obviously. Cincinnati was known for their defense, but things are just falling apart there. It has been an absolute drop-off. I mean, you have all these names like Perfect and such, and they've had all these crazy suspensions and injuries and um, all that crazy stuff. I mean, mostly guys getting suspended or just... It's been a mess pretty much with Marvin Lewis there. Guys getting in trouble, uh, intent to injure, this and that. So you just hope the Vikings come out of this game without an injury. I mean, that's my fear. Honest to God. No sarcasm involved with this one. You hope the Vikings can come out of this game without significant injuries because of some cheap shot or something. Even like twisting a guy's leg when you're in the pile. Stuff like that. Just pray. Sit down and pray that this team doesn't pull off any crap like that. And if they do, they get nailed, boy. And... Hopefully they already did what they were going to do, and they're you know in terms of like they they got nailed, they got caught, and then they're done doing it now. I mean, do the Vikings should be able to establish the run in this game? I say it every week. The Vikings couldn't establish the run early. They got something going with uh, Jarek McKinnon today. That was helpful. Got things moving in the right direction. Obviously, though, when you hit, when the pass rush, the the run blocking and all that takes major hits with those injuries to the O line. That's the fear. Hopefully, if the Vikings, uh, Riley Reef, and and if Mike Remmers ever comes back, uh, something like that, um, that uh, you will see that uh, if, if they need a week to come back, that the Vikings uh, offensive line will be able to hold down the fort for a week and get the and get us ready for the Green Bay game coming up because it will be in Lambeau Field. Minnesota should be able to establish the run early and then pass on this club. I mean, there's no excuse right now. Cincinnati is out of control at this stage. They've, they've lost it. They're, they're quitting on their coach. They're quitting on their organization at this point. I got to think, despite some type of major changes, it's time for a change in Cincinnati, and the Vikings can hopefully take advantage of that at this point, despite a nasty, nasty downturn of a week. Hopefully regain the first place in the NFC again. NFC North will wrap things up with a win over Cincinnati. Just get it done, win and in, all that good stuff. And that's all it'll take at this point. Minnesota should win the football game, and they will. I'm going to say 28-2, something along the lines. 28-10, to 10, Minnesota should win by a solid 18-point victory by the Vikings. I expect 100 yards rushing from one of the two running backs. Maybe Murray, maybe McKinnon goes off, something like that. 
I expect uh, a, a decent amount of receiving yards also from Jarek McKinnon because I think you'll see some checkdowns, but some good checkdowns, some smart ones that develop into good plays. Or they're plays by design from the get-go anyway to Jarek McKinnon. I expect McKinnon to be one of the major factors against the Cincinnati Bengals and, of course, establishing the run, maybe parting the Red Sea, so to speak, for Latavius Murray because that's more of the game with him. He's a north-south. Jerick McKinnon is an east-west. That's not news, but let's keep establishing that. And then, again, make sure you don't get hurt. Try not to turn the ball over. Try not to be too sloppy. If Mitchell Trubisky was able to protect the ball, I all got to hope that Case Keenan will be just fine against this fallen, broken-down pissed off, frustrated Cincinnati team. So, it is what it is. Minnesota 28-10 to over a, yeah, distraught Cincinnati club, and the Vikings move to 11-3 and and hopefully a tie, at least a tie for first in the NFC once again. We'll just have to wait and see what happens as the freaking Giants will be playing the Eagles. Let's take a break and we'll open things up with Mad Martin and Brent Jacobson. Hey, it's Mr. Spiritually and Purple Mafia. Yeah, me, the stranger, Brent Jacobson. Long time to talk. Man, and just fighting is, I was listening to last night's show, yesterday's show, and I was thinking, you know, I haven't listened to the show in a while, I haven't reached out to Joey in the show in a while, and then I hear your show, and it's like, it's, it's a metaphorical smack in the face. I need to call. So this is a work in progress. I'm working. I'm working on a parody, the version of that song, all about that bass, called "All About That Case." Um, I'll post it on the show page, the, the Facebook page, here maybe, um, and or and text it to you maybe. In, you know, I can tweak it together or something. I don't know. Or maybe the group can tweak it together. I don't know. There's... It'll be a little bit fun. Okay, I have way too much time on my hands. So, out of the games now. Man, I'm loving this season. I, I know. I know. I'm selfish here. I want us to have home field throughout. I want us to play in the Super Bowl. I'm not just saying it as a fan... I work at the games. So the more home games we have, the more money I make. Hey, you can't blame me for wanting to make money, right? Enjoy the season. I'm trying to resist the temptation to put the cart ahead of the horse. But dang, every time I... Any of the games where I think we might hit a pitfall, we seem to pull it out. So I don't know. We'll see where this train wreck ends. As Mike Tice said, enjoy the season. Man, it made me sick last night having to pull for the Seahawks. I mean, Seahawks. But hey, the BC Eagles, as of right now, heading into, um, what is this, week 14, we do have home field. Throughout, we have the top seed, so we'll see. Like I said, Enjoy the season, and we'll see where this train takes us. Skull bikes. Enjoy, Joey. Bye. 
evening, Jerry, from a very cold and frozen north of Scotland. Winter is here. It's about 20 minutes till the game kicks off in Carolina, so I'm gearing myself up for a, hopefully an entertaining night where we uh, put Cam Newton in his place again, as uh, the Zimmer defences have done in the last two occasions. Quite different from last week, I was... I mean, for the first time in a long time, actually quite nervous about a game, especially during that first half where I felt the Atlanta D certainly had the edge over out home. But we we found a way to win. The defence was very, very solid. It stopped Mr. MVP from scoring a TD, which I believe is 32 games in succession where he had actually scored a TD. Some achievement. This team is legitimate. Um, I've not wanted to buy in. I think like a lot of other probably older Vikings fans out there, any of us over 50, you know, will remember the Super Bowl appearances. Anybody under 50, you're going to be very hazy. And your, your memories are basically of three championship losses. And two of those were pretty heartbreaking in some respects. So it's it's very difficult to perhaps get as emotionally involved as you want to and buy into this but looking at this team it's very very different from those three teams that made it to championship matches it is a pure team effort and we have a remarkable coach in Zimmer he's built an incredible defence and it has the hallmarks of what Bud Grant was doing 30 years ago my biggest hope is that this isn't a one-season wonder, that this is now the start of something that could go on for a decade. A team that's competitive and is in the postseason year after year. Um, but that's for the future. For now, we need to win the next four games. I still feel going to be successful in the postseason. We have to have that home field advantage. A win against the Kitties will certainly push us towards securing that. Bearing in mind Philly's schedule after the Rams, and hopefully the Rams will beat them in LA. They're going to clearly win their last three games, but we then are in a position if we win tonight, we can drop one because we still have that strength of schedule to give us that number one seed. Number one seed, hey, who'd have thought that? If you'd said to me six months ago this team was going to be 10 and 2, number one seed in the NFC, I would have said you're a raving lunatic. But here we are. So let's embrace it, let's enjoy it. And brothers and sisters, let's beat those Carolina kitties. Beat the kitties, skull people. Look forward to 11 and 2. Hey, Jerry, enjoy your afternoon of footy. Skull. Hey, I want to thank you guys for those call-ins. Brent, welcome back. It's been a long time. Kind of the theme of both of the calls are enjoy the season regardless of how things go. And yeah, we we try to, and I don't think either of us were expecting a loss today. I got more and more worried as the week progressed, like you heard in segment number one, that I just was worried coming in because of how it seems like every time we get all overconfident thinking we're going to win, things happen. And this wasn't the team. It was just us, you know, in general. And then magically Pat Elfline's out, blah, blah, blah. And things head the way they do. But then now, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz out for the season. So that throws a monkey wrench into a lot of things. I mean, fate is really something. You just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, did any of us think that uh, Delvin Cook was going to tear his ACL against the Detroit Lions way back? You know, 
No, I don't think any of us thought that. That was week four. That seems like eternity ago. Uh, you've seen the production out of Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon since then. You didn't think that Case Keenum was going to be half as good as he was. He was frustrating in that game. And, yeah, things just happened the way they did. I mean, when you heard that, uh, what's his name, Mr. Uh, Sam Bradford was still no good to go. And then you saw Case Keenum explode every, pretty much ever since then. So it's been quite fascinating, quite a strange season. And we'll enjoy it as best we can. Regardless, one way or another, we will remember this season. Like we remembered a lot of seasons before. Um, interesting thought there also from Mad Martin. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, I mean, you guys, you, you two guys and the guys on iTunes, you, you guys are all going to get stars today of some kind. So no doubt about it. It's going to be a generous day with the stars. <laughs> and you guys are stars to the show. And I thank you all very much. Um, but what was I going to say? More of Matt Martin talking about how some guys over 50, uh, you can remember the Super Bowls and somebody like me. See, um, I remember four NFC Championship games because I, I, I can go back to 87. I didn't start watching regularly until 92, but I was casually into it as a younger younger boy in 87 when the Vikings, uh, Darren Nelson, dropped the pass in the end zone against the Washington Redskins. So I actually do remember that. But more, you know, as a casual fan who didn't really know anything about football back then. I, I was young and didn't really know anything. I just, you know, knew this quarterback, throw the ball to the receiver. That's about it. And guys try to block each other and knock the ball away, this and that. That's about all I knew back in those days. So, <laughs> not a whole lot. I, I mean, you know, like I, I knew what it was, like pass the ball to the receiver, handoff, this, that. Just the bare basics of football. Nothing really beyond that. That was 30 bleeping years ago already. Wow. So let's get to the others out there, and I want to thank your calls very much. Also, want to give you guys more of the floor than anything, rather than just sit here and rehash what you just said, comment over it over and over again. So thank you again for that, for both of the calls. Just huge, huge additions to the show, Brent and Mad Martin. Both of you guys are Purple Mafia Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers. It's not official yet, but uh, yeah, I will make an announcement about there will be a Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. Yes, <laughs> and uh, yep, there'll be inductees every year. I'm going to induct, I think, I'm thinking six people the first year, and then it'll be three or four per year after that. So if you don't get in the first year, don't worry about it. It's usually going to be people that have been around forever and ever. So certain people, you know who they are, who are probably going to get in at the beginning. (laughs) I would say Brent is a very strong candidate to be in the first group. All right. um, But both of you will get in at some point for sure. Let's continue. uh, At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I want to thank Tanae. Uh, Tanae Brown and also Vince Germano for retweeting the show. Tanae Brown is out of New Zealand. Vince Germano is out of Australia. And then, of course, like I, like Mad Martin's out of Northern Scotland. And then you have Matt Emer out of the UK. I mean, Purple Mafia is worldwide. It really is. So we'll continue here. Mad Martin says, social media blackout as he wanted to watch the Sea Chickens-Eagles game on Monday evening. Yep, 10-3 to the first half. And, of course, the Eagles, or excuse me, the Sea Chickens went on to win that game and gave the Vikings the number one seed in the conference, which was very exciting. And we may get it right back. Uh, Mad Martin continues, says, The nerves kicked in last night for the first time this season. I guess I'm buying in, but I don't want to yet. And, yeah, I was really excited, too. Uh, he was saying the number one seed, but every game is a must-win to maintain how it feels like we've been in the playoffs for a month already. And, yeah, it really does. I mean, the Rams... These have been like playoff games, literally. It started with the Redskins and how they're totally dead now, but they weren't dead at the time. The Rams were as a huge game. Obviously, Detroit, huge game. Uh, Atlanta, huge game. And today, huge game. It's been basically playoff games ever since. So, very good point there. 
as we attempt to continue. Judd Zolgat out of 1500 ESPN. That's right, AM. Yeah, me and Zolgat. I actually do know him a little bit. Not not too much, mostly on social media. So, uh, yeah, uh, he was asking about who is the most uh, underappreciated or underrated uh, parts of the Minnesota Vikings team. He was saying it to basically everybody. And I threw in, you know, for different aspects or players per se, I put Andrew Sandejo. A lot of us think of him as a band-aid at strong safety when he's broken up so many passes that could have been big gains for the opposition. And, wow, that's got a lot of likes. And, and uh, Judd Zolgad responds. Yep, Judd Zolgad says, great point. I wasn't very high on him for years, but he's done a very good job. And, I, yep, that's absolutely true. Uh, a lot of people like that comment. Very cool. And Mad Martin says, I'm almost ready to buy in, as in terms of, like, go all in on this team. He continues saying the O-line worries me. Guess it's time for some faith. Hashtag faith. He's not worried yet and was going to say, love what Case has been doing as that kind of radar to avoid sacks and then does this. And that was the interception. Yep, that was frustrating. Um, he was saying bad gap control. That was literally, yep, bad gap control is an understatement. Thanks for that, Tony Romo. Yep, Tony Romo was the color commentator today. Oh, goody. Yeah, I kind of liked, uh, I like Greg Olson more. <laughs> I like Greg Olson more than Tony Romo. What do you think of that comment? Yeah, um... Too bad Greg Olson was on the freaking Panthers today. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people could be suspicious of that one because that was during the Rams game. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the announcers through that whole game, and that was a fun, fun game in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Just not the first quarter, the first part of the first quarter. <sighs> Mad Barn was saying, what a garbage start. Great dive. After that, Case needs to forget those deep balls and do what they are doing. 51 catches for Rudy. Yep, and then he did. Yep, he dropped some passes like we talked about, too. Uh, the frustrations, and the cursing. Uh, we're cursing back and forth about this and that. He says he was right. How the uh, that I'm right. How the Kins are a solid team. This three-game road trip really worried me. Anyone thinks this game is a given is a muppet. And yeah, um, see that's the other thing too that we all have to factor in. Think of how nice it's going to be to finally be back in U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, do you know when the last game was in U.S. Bank Stadium? The Rams game. That's a long time ago. I mean, that was way back. That was, I mean, that was before Thanksgiving and all that. And we're like halfway to Christmas already. So, sheesh, that's a long, long time ago. Um, I was still working. <laughs> I was still working outside, but luckily I had that Sunday off. Oh, Lord, let's continue. Uh, I says, hate, hate that for the media. Yep, how they were always, they're being overly positive, overly con uh, cocky and all that. He was saying, build them up and you're guaranteed a loss. Too early for us to lose fate. And, yep. Uh, Carl O'Neill was teasing me for getting frustrated, and he was saying for me to go to bed, basically. Wow. Uh, there was a conversation back and forth of that a little bit. And he called me a typical pessimistic fan. Wow, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mad Martin says... The Panthers have one threat as a as a yep they have one threat on on fun, funkness, and he was uncovered. Yep, that was on that touchdown that put the car the Panthers at fourteen points, where uh, Cam Newton beat a Cage Keenum. He he ducked under the, the sack and then wide open to funkness. I, I can't even say his name. Fun fun uh, funkness. I yeah yeah I can't even say it. Funkness. I don't even remember exactly, but he was good today. He certainly was, and yeah, it pissed me off. Fill in the swear word for that name, for that receiver. Just bleepness. We'll just say that. Because that's what it was for the Vikings throughout the entire game. 
uh, who's saying you have to set the stage, him, him being Mad Martin, uh, set the stage where you almost believe and they don't disappoint by kicking you in the nuts. I see the Green Bay game as the one that drops us out of the numbers one seed, and that could very much happen. Uh, back and forth, the frustration, yep, Mad Martin was saying how Rafe was being carted off, and man, mm. Uh, he was asking if he should turn over to the red zone. Yep, because that's where the, the things got so bad. Uh, he said he lost the stream. So no idea how we get to that score. Yeah, but yeah, he, he actually had the whole thing go out on him. Yeah, it was very frustrating. As there were calls along the way, too, where people would want to believe that Jonathan Stewart uh, fumbled the ball before, but he had crossed the... Uh, he had crossed over the line, so it's unfortunate. It was too late, too little, too late, this and that. So we're going to try to continue. We're going to scroll through a little bit here because there's just too many. Otherwise, I'll be here all night. <laughs> Good conversation, though, back and forth. He was saying how if the Eagles win, that's the number one seed gone. Do we make the Super Bowl? I know what I think. You and if we lose the number one seed, I think it'll be a game a lot like what we watched today and what we watched years ago in New Orleans. I think we'll lose. I don't want to lose the number one seed. So now it's looking really strong, though. I think we probably would beat Philadelphia. But then again, who knows? I mean, that defense is frustrating. You can tell. And they drove us crazy last year, and it was the game when people started getting hurt and this and that. Actually, Washington was when uh, Jake Long got hurt, officially. Um, I was getting frustrated about it, uh, things, and then Crom said it could still happen easily. And Ali said that... Uh, Ali Sidikai says Wentz being out is huge for them because that was when... That game was going on. Yep. And now the talk about him being out for the season, this and that. And Man Martin was saying, indeed, sad for Eagles fans, but we've had our fair share of injuries. Look forward to hearing the show, my friend. And, yeah, that's exactly what, what happened ultimately at the end of the day was, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had our share of injuries, and nobody's feeling sorry for us either because, well, we had Zam Bradford. He looked so good against the Saints. And last year we had Teddy Bridgewater coming in, and nobody felt sorry for us either. So I suppose it's on Nick Foles, and lucky for the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Foles did pretty good in his last stint with the Eagles, and he helped finish the game with a uh, very clutch uh, completion down the stretch would help the Eagles run the clock out. So let's move on to Facebook. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to quick shout-out, pardon me, to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven. Do give that page a like. Join it and join the conversation, in-game threads, and all kinds of in-week in news and all that. Now we get to the Purple Mafia Show page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do join that. All this information will be in the show description. Uh, let's see. Let's continue off of the last show. Mark Carlson was saying it's 3 a.m., and man, I want to listen to this podcast. Can't wait till 6 a.m. Thank you, Peldino Joey, for making my Monday great again. Yeah, I love I love what you put together there, and I'm, I'm on your side on both categories there, if you know what I mean, making Monday great again. Yep, and that's that's my goal, because <laughs> Mondays aren't always so great, are they? Oh, Gerald String out of Nebraska, Mark Carlson is out of Iowa. Because that's just when I thought... It couldn't get any better. Wham. Love the Menards plug, dude. Completely caught me off guard there with that sweet little snippet. That is classic, Joey. Re replayed that about a million times, LOL. Exactly. Actually, one of my favorite stores to boot, too. Funny. Listen to Purple Mafia and save big money. Why wouldn't you do that? Man, I would love to get Menards as a sponsor. That would be very helpful, actually. It's about time. Wouldn't it be about time I got a sponsor? Then I wouldn't have to get frustrated with games like today and think about walking away because why would I walk away then, right? That'd be the silliest thing. 
Uh, I was talking about how the Vikings were number one in the NFC. Let that sink in. A lot of people were excited about that. Mark Carlson said, I'm so happy and proud. So proud as a fan. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, Skull. I must say this team is playing with a lot of heart. It feels good to be a, to be a Vikings fan. Uh, I'm hard on Case, but he has done an excellent job so far. Go Vikes, Skull. Yup. Cheryl Sering saying, first time Vikings have had five road wins in a row since 1974. Wow. And that was back in those days. Yep, back when the Vikings went to the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh... That was Miami, 74, if I remember correctly. 73 was Miami, 74 was Pittsburgh. So he was out with one uh, dynasty and, and in with the new dynasty in terms of Pittsburgh. And we lost to both of them, which was... Mm, I don't want to think about that too much. Pat Elfline out today, yikes. Yep, I posted that. Comments back and forth. Cedric is saying how it hurts big time, and we were a bit worried about how things were coming in. Kurt back out of White Bear Lake says, stay positive, and positive things will happen. God is great. I agree. Uh, Matt Emer out of the UK says, Rutrow. Leland out of Iowa says, he is the anchor of the line. Let's rally and take one in the Carolinas. Yeah, it was tough. Um, then kind of some in-game back and forth. Uh, Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, Once again, the game is not televised in my area. Here is a no-brainer. Two teams positioning for the playoffs. Vikings and Panthers not on TV. Two bleep teams this year. Packers and Browns is on TV. Bullshit. I hate going to bars to watch games. I haven't been interested even though I'm not crazy about some of the announcers. I do like to hear the game, and you can't hear it in a bar. Yeah, it's just noise the whole time. Everybody's kind of halfway there. and It's hard to concentrate on a game when you just hear noise all the time, too. So that's definitely frustrating. I can feel you there, uh, Dave Hickey, without a doubt. So now we will quickly move on to the in-game thread a little bit. Going to dig it back in there. Dave Hickey had something awesome to say in there. He says, uh, thanks for the gold star from last week, Joey. It's nice to have a show like this, which I enjoy, uh, which I enjoy listening to, and I even get acknowledged for it. Thanks again for your hard work and commitment. A big, a big gold star for your commitment, Joey, and thank you very much, Dave. And guys like you, they're why I keep coming back, even though I get really frustrated with this team and frustrated with the sport itself, with all the bullcrap calls and rules that tend to just put a buzzkill on your day sometimes. It's it's depressing. It, it can really be depressing to watch sometimes when things go so negatively so quickly with this club and all that. So thanks again, Dave. You make it worth it. You really do. Um, Josh Mayer Henry was saying this has got to be, this has to be Case Keenum's worst game of the season. I I think the Pittsburgh game was worse. I, I think Pittsburgh was worse. But, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of debating on that one a little bit. Uh, it wasn't Case Keenan's best game. I, I can't disagree with that part of it. But worst game, I don't think so. I don't think it was that bad. But uh, Brett McCarthy was saying, "Hope that well, that's it. Hope Thielen's okay. And yeah, Thielen also was, was uh, on the, uh, on the not on the cart, but kind of on the table a little bit for a while. So that was kind of concerning and frustrating. Kind of left you wondering what's going on. Uh, Yankee says, Yankees also out of Lakeville. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry's out of Colorado. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Uh, Yankee says, when you're not in in it to win it. Yep, and that's pretty much what happened at this point. That's what kind of game today was. Just just a not in it to win it type of game. It just seemed like we were playing not to lose more than anything else. And that's a supreme, supreme frustration. 
throughout the way. Yep, and Josh Mary Henry was saying, gotcha, watch him, WTF. That was, of course, Cam Newton. I mean, guys were just keying in on the run because they faked the run. And it was and just Cam Newton kind of rolled over and rolled back back a bit and just ran all the way he could for 63 yards. Uh, Kurt was wondering why it wasn't a fumble at the goal line with uh, Jonathan Stewart. Josh Mary Henry says because it crossed the because because it crossed the line before he lost control. I think it's a stupid rule. A wide receiver had to keep had to keep all the way to the ground, but a runner can dive across the line, lose the ball, and still get the touchdown. That is bullcrap. And yeah, that, the non-touchdown for Adam Thielen was one of the bullcrap rules in football. It, it really was. One of the worst. Uh, Josh Manhurry says they need to take a hard look at themselves after this loss. Came back and get back to Vikings football. Dave Hickey is going to wrap up this section a bit with Mark Carlson and such here as they respond to him. He says, I wish I could come explain but the stupid asses that that thought the Packers versus Browns had more meaning, so I'm not watching today. Thanks, NFL Network, <laughs> or whoever make these decisions. Mark Carlson says, that's bravo, Sierra Dave Hickey. I remember a game, was it last year, when they switched the coverage of a Vikings game in the fourth to go to a more exciting game. Ouch. Uh, Leland says, direct TV, direct TV is nice for all the games. Yes, it will cost you unless you have... Friends and relatives to help with the cost, but worth every penny. Yep, Josh Mayor Henry says, I love, or I, I live in Colorado, so out with DirecTV Sunday ticket, I wouldn't get to watch any games. It's worth the money for me to be able to watch the Vikings every weekend, no matter what. Yep, nice. That's a dedicated fan, that's for sure. Josh Mayor Henry, and very dedicated to the show, too. I appreciate it. Oof, it got a little quiet in the post game. Well, maybe not too quiet. It's, it's plenty. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, Okay, well, we get a loss out of our system. Time to focus on Cincy. That's all I want to say about this game. And yeah, you hope that it's like, okay, you got this junk game, and hopefully this was the junk game for the season. That's the hope. And uh, I don't know. I hope so. Uh, Eric Mustard says, Ugly game, ugly refing, ugly protection for Keenum, ugly play, yet the Vikings hung in it. If they can clean up the protection and get their heads back into it, they'll be fine. Hopefully, none of the injuries are serious. And to me, that's the absolute number one thing there, is hopefully none of the injuries are serious. Uh, good thoughts there, Eric. Tony says, by the way, go Rams. And the Rams did not win the game, but they injured Keenum. <laughs> or Keenum. Oh, don't say that, Joey. They injured uh, Carson Wentz. Jacob says, Jacob Ederheim says, besides the big play runs for Cam and Stewart. It almost, yeah, Cam Stewart. That was a former Wild player. That's funny. Cam Newton and, and Jonathan Stewart. This defense did good overall, in my opinion. Hard to play defense when the offense creates turnovers. Offense was still good, but not as good as we have ever seen. It all stems from beat-up offensive line. Refs did have a poor game, in my opinion. I thought that one fumble was a clear pass, and yeah, I mean, just, you know, that was a close one, and of course, it seemed like a lot of the major calls in the game went against us. And again, the two face masks that, that took place early on that really set the tone for the game. I mean, the two face masks. I don't even think I even mentioned that in the first uh, first segment because there were so many other things to say. The two face masks really set the tone because the Vikings had the Carolina Panthers uh, crippled. They had them crippled, and that drive just kept going. It was a 7-7 game. Keenum had just cut the Vikings in the end zone to tie it right back up after we were scared from the start. It was third and long. You would have brought, uh, I forget if it was, 
I think it was Stewart. It might have been Stewart. I think it was Stewart that had the ball, or was it McCaffrey? I can't remember exactly which one. But then you had the stupid face mask call. 15-yard penalty. So third and 16 becomes an automatic first down. How dumb is that? And on the next play, you have a face mask again. The first one was Anthony Barr. That one was close. I mean, the Anthony Barr one, though, you could just say you could say that was more of just his finger on the face mask. But regardless, watch it. You know, they're, they're, it's the kind of stuff that gets called. And then, of course, the next play, literally the next bleeping play, Cam, <laughs> Cam Newton face mask by... Uh, Everson Griffin, and then that's 30 yards right there. I mean, just 30 yards, and that just changed the whole morale of the game, it seemed like. It took the Vikings forever to get things back in the right uh, direction. So extremely, extremely frustrating at the end of the day. Uh, boy, oh boy. Terrible, tough, tough game. Thank you, Jacob. Great comment there, getting me going. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, he didn't mention the face masks, which is fine, though. But, I mean, it's like I, you know, I have, a, have it right in front of me. And I, how can you forget that anyway? And I didn't even mention it in the first segment, but huge, crucial part of the game there. Most people listen all the way to the end of the show, so at least I got it in. <laughs> crucial part of the game, though. Major change to how things went in the game. Uh, Leland says, hard enough to beat a good team, but almost impossible when you have to beat the refs, too. Although we almost came back, now it's time to wait for the injury reports to trickle in. And yeah, that's scary. Luckily, we haven't heard any major stuff like broken. Because if there was a broken bone, we would have known right away when it comes to uh, Mr. Uh, Riley Reef. So if it was a broken bone, they would know pretty quick, I got to think. Uh, just like they have a pretty good idea about the ACL with Carson Wentz. Again, I, I feel for Eagles fans there. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry says, tough to lose this one. Stings a bit because we are the better team. I agree. Now they get back to work and get back on track next week, and they better. <laughs> Mark Carlson will wrap up this section, says, this game should have been a win. A missed field goal, though it was a long one. And a ticky-tack incomplete pass call. Nearing a clear touchdown would have helped change the game outcome. Yes. Yeah the touchdown at the end of the half and we could yeah it's just it it really hurt and of course the face masks all kinds of stuff that'll just continue to drive you absolutely nuts case keenum says i want to start start a new win streak and hopefully the one that goes all the way yep <laughs> he didn't say the all the way part but i'm adding that in um mark carlson i'll get back to what he's saying here says that and how in the world do you let two runs of 60 yards happen two yeah that's really bad how does anyone bust loose like that when you are the when the longest runs against the Vikings all season were not even half that failure? It was a failure, all right, Mark. Very frustrating indeed. Uh, I want to look at those. Yeah, very busy day today. Very busy show today. But that's part of the fun of it. So now I want to look at those uh, iTunes reviews really quick. And as I'm looking that up, I might as well give you the phone lines. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. 736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into the Purple Mafia show. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine, and get it on the show with me. That would be greatly appreciated and very enjoyable indeed. So <laughs> There's uh, multiple ways to get on. Of course, on the Facebook page, there's a call now button. Simply click on that, and you will immediately join. The uh, you'll, you'll immediately join the same phone line. You could be from anywhere in the world and be on there free with the uh, 
through Facebook Messenger, so you don't have to worry about any long distance or any of that type of nonsense. So you'll be happy with that part of it anyway. And the final way to get on is the way Mad Martin gets on is through audio submission. You use your smart device or Audacity with the microphone, whatever it is, on your laptop or desktop computer. I think uh, I think Mad Martin uses a laptop with a microphone. Sure sounds like it. I'd be shocked if that's a cell phone because that's a pretty good audio, though. There, so, yep, I mean, Mad, Mad Martin could easily do a show. I mean, I can tell, or at least be, be like a guy who does a segment here and there. He's outstanding. Um, but, yeah, the way to do that, you use the, well, obviously, you use Audacity with the microphone. That's with your laptop or with your smart device. Any type of free uh, voice recording application on your smart device. And email it to, uh, save it and email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file with Zumzar. Thank you very much for that, Zumzar out there. That's a website that uh, converts files for free as long as they're not too big. If they're big, then, yeah, then you, then you pay a fee or whatever, which is fine. <laughs> it's only fair, right? Um, so that's how you're able to get on the show that way. And it's wonderful to have that. All the information, including the uh, email address, will be in the show description. And that's how you join at the end of the day. Uh, with that, I wanted to get the. There we go. I had it coming up, and yeah, we go down a bit here. Some of the, some of them, they go back so far, and you keep sliding. And here we go. On October the twenty-fourth, Loadmaster Eleven says, and he gave a five-star rating. If you're a fan of the NFL and more importantly a Vikings fan, you will enjoy this podcast. The host Paladino Joey knows sports and is up to date on them, on, uh, up to date on the team, coaches, and players. The show is produced weekly after each game covering highlights and insights of plays and players. The host also covers other NFL teams and games. Yep, and that's during the you know, second segment. There is also a fan interaction segment that makes the podcast fun to listen to. I'm glad you love it. Just give it a listen and join in. And thank you very much, Loadmaster. I appreciate that very much. RJ Jones, 18. Now it was Loadmaster 11, so he wants the number in there, I suppose. Ah... Uh, R.J. Jones, this was on November the 27th, very recently after Thanksgiving. Five stars. This is a great a great podcast with thorough game review and team insights. The fan interaction is fun to listen to as well, and thank you very much, guys. So I'm going to give a gold star to both of them because it's been so long. Uh, you know, usually you think, you know, doesn't, you know, I mean, it's been so long since there's been a, a positive review on Purple Mafia. There haven't been negative ones. There haven't been anything. And it got real quiet for some reason. Quiet and lonely on there. Um, not too lonely, though. Just bored. Quiet and bored, like waiting for the next one. Loadmaster and RJ Jones, both of you deserve a gold star today. And thank you very much for taking the time to write these reviews, especially Loadmaster. That was a really nice thing and very in-depth. I mean, you get, like, the overall platinum gold star for this show, Loadmaster. But RJ Jones, you also get a gold star for the show. You guys really are helping the show in a big way. Uh, two silver stars to Brent Jacobson and Mad Martin for the awesome call-ins. Huge, huge, wonderful things to say today. Greatly appreciated. And just, you know, just big, big, big help to the show. Add to the fun, add to the enjoyment, and good, good insight as well. Uh, boy, you could give it to so many people. Whew. I'm going to give a, one, a bronze star to Jacob and Leland today. Jacob and Leland will both get bronze stars. Nice, nice conversation back and forth throughout the day today. 
Uh, good kind of, uh, Jacob got me going a lot there with what he had to like. Good, good, strong takes there, and Leland, uh, uh, good, good, good insight as well. Mark Carlson deserves a bronze star as well. Wonderful things to say. Uh, appreciate what uh, Gerald String had to say as well. Really kind of funny. I'm glad you like the Menards thing. To save big money at Menards. Oh man, <laughs> I'll get back to that again at a different day. Though I'll probably be in a better mood. Hopefully to enjoy that and. Uh, enjoy like saying that slogan again <laughs> I have to have something to put it together right now I'm just not in the mood and I'm beat I guess I'm at the end of the show now a bit beat down uh, continuing into the Christmas season I hope everybody's having a good time with your shopping and uh, all that keeping up with all keeping up financially keeping up emotionally it's not easy yeah, I, I found a uh, the Japanese NES Mini. Remember the NES Mini that was like impossible to get last year? The Tickle Me Elmo of last Christmas season and this year? The super, the SNES Mini, which is the Tickle Me Elmo of this Christmas season in a lot of ways because Nintendo's just stupid, you know? They underproduce them and then they just allow other people to take them and then over way, way overprice them on their own. When the, the, the cost of the SNES Mini is supposed to be 80 and the NES Mini was supposed to be 60 the retail price. But then you just allow Amazon and others, you know, just like on eBay, just individuals like myself to buy like X amount of them and then try to sell them for two or 300 bucks. That is some BS. But I managed to get the Japanese one for under 100 That's the Famicom Mini, the Famicom NES Mini off of Amazon. So, very cool. It looks like the Famicom, which is the Japanese Nintendo from back in the day. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, some of the soundtracks a little different, say, on like Castlevania 3, Zelda 2, even Zelda 1. It sounds a little different. So, it's going to be interesting to have. The one frustrating sad part, though, is the very interesting uh, feature on the Famicom version of the NES back in Japan. The second controller had a microphone on it. How interesting is that? And the Poles voice characters with the big ears in the old Zelda 1, well, it says they hate loud noise, which made all of us, you know, in in the manual, which made all of us wonder what the heck that even means, because how can you make loud noise? Okay, you put a bomb there. It didn't do anything. But what you do is you yell into that microphone in the Famicom version, and they all, they all pop. They die right away. <laughs> so, yeah, but unfortunately, see, it, it has, like, what looks like the microphone on there, but it's just there for luck. On the mini, on the mini version, apparently it doesn't have the same reaction. I don't know why they would take that out. Just put it in. Come on, Nintendo, you suck. So that's the case there. Blah 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 blah. That's my little post-show, little conversation, little fun thing for this episode. Hope you're enjoying your Christmas season. I'm gonna turn that into my Christmas present, I guess, with Christmas money or whatever the heck happens over the course of time, because people usually send money, so I'll use that. And there's my quote-unquote Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be cool regardless. Hope all of you have a safe week and the Vikings get back on track against a dangerous Cincinnati team in terms of their, you know, I don't know, they're a little mean over there in Cincinnati and they're in a bad mood even though they're not real good. So, God willing, we come out of this okay and feel for Eagles fans. Riley Reef, please come back healthy. 